pure passion and an unrelenting work ethic. These are the two things that pour out from my conversation with this week's guest, Rich Kendrick. Rich is a dad of three, a performance coach and injury rehabilitation specialist who focuses on working with over 35s. In this episode, we take a deep dive into the importance of training correctly as we get older and discover that no matter where you start from, if you have a solid why and true self-belief, you too can pursue your dreams. Now, over to the episode. Rich, welcome to the show. Thank you, Charles. I appreciate it. No worries. I appreciate you being here, man. Yeah. Um, you know, Rich, before we get into kind of what you do now, I'd really like to take a trip back because I know that things weren't always so easy for you. Talk about the, the start of your story, really. Very cool. So I am originally from Connecticut, so the east side of the country. Uh, I grew up two sisters. My parents got divorced when I was 10. Um, you know, just just a basic, simple life. Uh, I've always been an athlete. I've always been in sports. And uh, so in probably kindergarten, I got diagnosed with dyslexia. And what that, you know, not until I was in my late 20s, early 30s, did I really realize what that did to me as a person what it really did is just it took how old are you now i'm 43 43 so yeah when you were diagnosed with dyslexia it was nothing like it is now it was a very very different yeah. landscape mental yeah. health was not a, a thing men's I mental know. health yeah exactly very much so so uh, i got i didn't really know what it meant but what happened was I got put in all these special classes and what it did was it allowed me, all they did was give me more time, mm. like more time to take tests and more times to do this. So I, so that was from kindergarten till sixth grade, right around seventh grade, I got smart about it and I started to take advantage of it, of having this learning disability and I'm in all these special classes Right. And, I, and I was with all like the really, really bad kids, like the kids that are 13 year old and they're stealing cars, right? you know, like no father figure, you know, their mom is an alcoholic, like not bad people. They just, they had a worse life than I did up to that Came point. Shitty circumstances, but yeah. you with the simple, uh, sorry, I don't mean to, to play it's it okay. down. Yeah. Reading uh, an yeah. issue with reading an issue yeah. with seeing how words work yeah. were put into that kind of category. Exactly. Wow. And, and what it was is, is I don't read backwards. I don't hear things backwards. What it is, is when I read my eyes lose where they are. Okay. They did. I don't, not anymore. I'm a ferocious reader now, but it, it was, you know, the whole learning aspect of dyslexia is not the issue now in life. What it was, was self-worth. Like right. as a person, where do I stand? You know, and I, so I struggled through high school, but I'm playing sports uh, East coast. So I played uh, lacrosse in high school and high school everyone's going off to all these colleges and i just fucked off so much that and then my um sats were so bad that i'm like i'm just gonna go travel 
and I'm, I'm a surfer and a snowboarder. So I just kind of went up and down the East Coast. I ended up in Ocean City, Maryland, which is a beach town. And so I stopped there and I started waiting tables and, you know, I'm making all this money. I'm 19 years old, but I'm hanging out with all these people that talk about all the PCB, PCP that do so hardcore drugs. And, you know, they're in their thirties. I'm 19, barely started drinking. And I'm like, man, I need to go back to school. So I call a buddy up in New Hampshire I'm like, hey, man, you know, I need to go to school. Like, it's time. I took a year off. You know, I'm turning 20. He's like, yeah, come up, live with me. So I went up there, and I walk into the guidance counselor's office, and she's like, so what do you want to do for the rest of your life, right? The ongoing question that, unfortunately, we ask 19-year-old, 18-year-old males, yeah. people yeah. in general, like, that question. Do what they really want to do when they yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, and it's just that that understanding that the world has changed so drastically, you know, let alone in the last month. But yeah. every decade, it, it like leaps and bounds of, of what the potential is. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the gun and she's like, what do you what do you like doing? I said, well, I really want to be a meteorologist. And this was Rich Kendrick at 19 years old. You know? <laughs> and she's like, Great. Well, here's the curriculum. And it's like physics one, two, and three, calculus one, two, and three. And I'm like, I barely made it through algebra. I didn't pay attention to anything else. Someone convinced me that Latin was easier than Spanish. So I took Latin, you know, and, and I'm like, uh, do you have anything else? And she's like, well, what do you like to do? And I was like, well, I've always been an athlete. We have a great physical education apartment. You'll love it. And I was like, great. Okay. So I have a major in physical education with a double minor in health and business. Okay. And so 43 at that time um, in the United States, your 24 hour, your LA fitnesses, your big box gyms, big yeah. corporate, you know, 3000 clubs all over the country started popping up. And I'm like, oh, I'll go manage a gym. I like going to the gym. I've been going to the gym since I was 14, you know, lifting weights since I was 13. And so I went to college in New Hampshire. I got residency. So I paid state, the state tuition, which is like a third of what it normally costs. And I didn't play lacrosse. I decided to play rugby. I yeah. ended up le living in the rugby house for four years. And I was the old guy up, up front, you know, 50 years senior, still playing rugby, playing with 18-year-olds. I'm 25. And it was, it was really fun. So during that time, I was training. So I was training in the small gym school, and I just started teaching people what I knew. You know, so when I was 13, I got Arnold Schwarzenegger Bodybuilding, Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding. You know, and I'm reading this book, and I'm looking at, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I'm looking at all, all these classic bodybuilders in here like Lee Haney and Dorian Yates was in there. That's around yeah. your time, uh, your town, right? But the problem was there's no correlation from bodybuilding to the pitch, rugby right. field, right? There's no correlation. You can't take bodybuilding um, principles and talk about running for 80 minutes you know, we'll say 50 to 75% max speed, 
So I was a back, and then I was a flanker. So, you know, work thrush, work threshold is really high, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm um, hitting a lot more. You know, I'm in the scrum. I'm lots of pushing, but still work threshold is really high. Yeah. So I was, I followed that book until the end of high school because I was so frustrated because I'm in the gym five days a week. You know, I probably had about 25 pounds of extra muscle and then I would go play lacrosse and people are smoking me. And so I started poo-pooing bodybuilding. Like, what a waste of time. But not, it took me until I was later in my career that I was like, I truly respect bodybuilding. Hmm. But it's not my passion. It's not my love. So with, with that, you know, and then I'm playing, uh, playing rugby and I'm learning how to train people. And then I graduated on a Saturday and I was in a gym on Monday. So I'm 25, I'm, li I'm living in Southern Connecticut, and best gym I've ever worked at. Um, they knew how to do the sales, you know. But I'm, if you remember, for college, I went to college for management. Yeah. Management in the fitness world. But I'm looking at these salesmen, I'm like, they smoke cigarettes, they drink way too much, they're fat, yeah. they're out of shape, and they work 12 hours a day. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. That sounds horrible. I used to work in an LA fitness mm -hmm. uh, as a selling gym memberships. And this is going back oh, a good number of years. It's actually yeah. where I met my wife. There you uh, go. Grew up as a, as a member. Um, and out of the sales team I worked on, you know, there was quite a few people there that were massively overweight and I, I've seen it. You go into gyms all the time and the people selling the memberships are out of shape and overweight. And, and what's yeah. even more scary is the amount of gyms you go into and trainers are massively out of shape and i'm not just talking a little bit i'm talking people who are seriously overweight clearly out of shape clearly not mm -hmm. looking after themselves mm -hmm. are training mm -hmm. people one of my biggest things in the, the fitness world now it, it, for the last uh, past 20 years <clears throat> is so, some trainer would come out with some type of new protocol and um nasm was a great one uh, National Association of Sports Medicine, right? And they're they're big on like the Swiss balls, the big balls, and standing on them, and they're like doing like bicep curls, and still a lot of stabilization. And I watched this guy try to teach this woman to stand on a stability ball, but he couldn't do it himself. You know, <laughs> and you're you're probably. He's probably 20 pounds overweight, um, range of motion in his shoulder. He had really messed up shoulders. And it was just like, I think you're a hypocrite. You know, I think the person's a hypocrite. And, you know, like you're in the wrong game if you yeah. can't do what you're about to teach someone to do. Absolutely. You know, and like um, uh, talking to sports teams, like the coach. You know, the coach is on the sideline. He's 30 pounds overweight. The last time that he ran 100 meters was probably 20 years ago. So my coach, now once I really got into my industry, my coach, uh, his name's John Davies, and he's out of London. And, you know, he lifts five days a week, rides 600 kilometers on a bike. You know, he's on the pitch. Like he's a, he's a soccer coach, 
But his coaching style, which I think all coaches should be this, is you should be able to play with your, your, your students. You should be able to run an 80-minute game. Maybe they're faster than you. You know, majority of the time when I'm on the pitch or soccer playing, so I'll just say football. <laughs> uh, when I'm playing football with the American guys now gonna think you're talking about American <laughs> okay we'll we'll keep it as rugby right so we, we all know what I'm talking about yes. when I'm coaching someone a team a rugby team I play with them that's yeah. how I teach because I teach by so allows them to watch yeah. so now when I'm coaching and training someone watch now execute watch now execute none of this verbiage you have to be able to do it to teach it yeah right so um i'm working in connecticut then i decided to move to seattle i visited seattle in college and and um a big snowboarder and i snowboarded out here the same weekend it was in february we went surfing the same weekend and it was amazing so packed up our car and we drove out. So once I got to Seattle, that was kind of where I started to really um, hone my skills of what I do now. Yeah. You know, and I just took my philosophies that I built through life, um, not necessarily taking advantage of, of systems, because I stopped doing that when I was in my 20s, but I really lo learned the one thing that I've learned in life was always have a good work ethic. And I think, honestly, let's, let's be honest. I think that's the number one thing mm. is work ethic is you might be smarter than me, but I will outwork you. You know, and, and that's a really important thing because it doesn't matter where you start from. Um, it doesn't matter at what stage in your life. And I, you know, I believe this, this is affecting me right now. I've always been somebody who works hard, but I haven't got to where I could or should be at this stage of my sure. life. One, I've made a lot of mistakes. Two, I spent money as soon as I got it or even before I got it. And three, I never really valued a lot of things until I had a daughter. Whereas now, work ethic is going to take me to where I need to be. And you know what? It doesn't matter that someone who's 10 years younger than me might be ahead yeah. of me already. Yeah. That, that actually doesn't make any difference. If you're going to work hard, then you will get to where you're going to get. Um, but you, you can't get anywhere without working hard. Things yeah. don't land on your lap. Things don't fall out of the sky. You you know, yeah. it's about hard work, dedication, uh, and, and just tireless pursuit after what you want. It really is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and so I'm, I'm living in Seattle and I'm training people. And that was when I, I met my mentor. And you never know when and you never know who but i i this guy just drew me to him and what i like he he uh, he's a skateboarder he's a surfer he's a snowboarder but he's in his 50s you know and i'm i'm 25 at the time and you know he uh, wakes up at 5 a.m. he's in the gym and then he goes surfing, he uh, skates at lunch, and then he might go snowboarding. And he's from Southern Cal, 
California. So you can do that. You can do all three almost year round, except obviously the winter, of course. But so I was like, I got out of college. I'm super banged up from five years of rugby. And you can tell my physique is I am not a rugby player. I am tall and lanky. If I could do it all over again, I great sport. I love it is I would have played lacrosse. Um, I'm banged up. I blew both ankles. I blew both shoulders. I got back issues. I'm 27. And this guy is in his fifties and he's running circles around me. Mm. And I'm like, I'm old. I'm washed up, blah, blah, blah. You know? And he's like, no, he's the way that you were trained to train people is, and I think a lot of certifications globally are the same way. And what they do is, um, we'll take NASM. NASM, they teach their up and coming trainers how to train 18 year old athletes mm. that have no injuries, could probably squat 500, four or 500 pounds, right? So we're talking elite level athletes. So there was a time that numbers in American football was a big deal. So going into division one, you had to squat 500, um, bench at least four and your power cleaning to be about three, 300. So the, these three numbers, and that was just the ability to get noticed. Yeah. So all certifications do is they, they teach you how to train that athlete, not the 40 year old dad that blew his rotator cuff, has a hernia, hernia and his LL5 S1 and blew his ACL 25 years ago. They so don't. That, and that's really interesting. And the reason I'm sorry to interrupt you that's there. That's okay. Please. What, one of the things that seems to come across, and you see this with a lot of industries, I don't think the fitness industry is caught up with the fact that people are living longer. Yeah, I And 40-year-old guys and 50-year-old guys and 60 and 70-year-old guys and women want to be in the gym. They want to be doing exercise. Yeah. They want to be staying fit. We're living longer. And, I, yeah, the industry is still very much geared, as many industries are, towards yeah. a younger audience. Yeah, exactly. So the way that we, we take, we'll, we'll just say an athlete, right? right? So now I'm dealing with an athlete, uh, um, anywhere from 16 to 25, right? So this is kind of where I was at when I was in Seattle is that those are the people that I really enjoyed working with those 16 to 25 year old athletes. Um, I worked with Olympic rugby players, um, I'm six foot guys are six, four, six, five, two forty. <laughs> run a four, four, 40. So with that, what we were doing is we were teaching those types of athletes. You have to spend more time in dynamic range of motion, mm -hmm. anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes. And then we have generalized fitness and that would be um, work threshold. That would be aerobic calisthenics you know, um, a jumping rope, uh, lots of jumping jacks and burpees and all that stuff and whatever. Right. And then we would go into a focus lift, focus lift. We, I'm a big fan of Olympic lifts, but the way that I look at Olympic lifts, I look at 40 to 60% of your max, your one, one rep max, as fast as you can move through the, through the motion 
with perfect posture. Okay. Perfect form. Right. So I was, I was taking that, all that information that John was teaching me and noticing that the correlation to the people that are walking through the door to the information that I have wasn't matching up because general population comes into the door and they've been sitting at a desk for 10 to 15 to 20 years. They're probably in their late thirties, early forties. What then what we started to see is now I'm looking at these people that used to be an athlete 10, 15 years ago, but they still did the weekend warrior thing. They're, they're in the corporate world. They're only on the weekend, only on the weekend. And then five, 10 years uh, uh, into the corporate world outside of college, they blow their ACL. Because they've had kids and can't actually run around anymore. Well, they've been sitting at a desk. Yeah. So a lot of people hear that sitting at a desk is the number one killer in the world. I can't agree more. Because of what happens to the body. Your posture breaks down and then all of a sudden your doctor says, all right, you're pre-diabetic. You're 30 pounds overweight. You need to go lift. You need to go lose some weight. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm going to go join the gym. I buy a year membership. I buy a personal trainer. Come, excuse me, comes into the gym. Person has terrible posture. So now what I'm starting to notice is I'm putting muscle on terrible posture. So now all these little, little injuries that are annoying come in, tendonitis in the elbow, um, uh, IT issues, IT, um, IT syndrome, or um, problems with their feet, uh, plantar fasciitis, pl- problems with their glutes, disc issues, pronation in the shoulders, um, problems with their pecs, overdevelopment in the, in the deltoids, which is a big problem. So you see guys like this. And it, it, this is, it's not, if posture is off, it's not if you get hurt, it's just when. Yeah. And it, and it might not be tomorrow. It might not be a month from now. So when CrossFit came out, I'm like, great workouts, but you're still taking general, general population and put them into more of elite level type of programming. So, um, Somebody decides they they need to lose weight, they lose 20 pounds, and then they're like, oh, I love this gym world, I love the community, I love helping people, and then they go out, they get their CrossFit certification, and then on Saturday, on Monday, they open their gym because they have the capital. Yeah. You know, they were in the corporate world, they were really good with their finances, and they're able to throw down 30K, and now they open the gym, Right. So now all these CrossFit people are, they're getting hurt across the board, you know, to the point that people join a CrossFit gym and they say, you are going to get hurt. It's <laughs> inevitable. You're going to get hurt. And for a long time, I would destroy CrossFit and, and just, <laughs> just rip it apart. But I got to the point, I was like, you know what? It took a whole generation from the 20 mid 20s to early 30s that maybe did a sport in college or high school or um, maybe they were never ever an athlete and they started doing this and they became athletic they're not athletes but it got people to be fit and got people to understand some 
type of nutrition or got people to be disciplined enough to follow some type of eating protocol. So you watch CrossFit, what they did is they took a good amount of generation, you know, Gen Y, the end of the millennials, and help them to become more fit. You know, and I can poo-poo it a lot, you know, because of those weekend certification classes. But now what's happening is some of the athletic trainers started getting smart and understanding that we need dynamic range of motion. We need prehab work. So pre-injury so that we're, we're learning and we're teaching people how to prevent injury. So, okay, so let's take some of this now, because obviously the guys that are going to be listening to this, they're dads, age, your age, older. Thinking about the dads out there now who are looking at getting back into some kind of sport or getting into fitness, what would be the one big tip that you would give to any of them? What's the first thing they should be thinking about? One word, and then I'm going to explain it. Posture. Okay structure because if your structure your skeletal system yeah is is off a little bit and and it, it goes slow it's really slow and you don't see it until someone points it out and what i mean by that is a person like myself i all i do is i have my client walk across the room and come back right and then i'll and i'll have them you know, there'll be a mirror here or a door or something and I'll have them face away. I won't let them see them, see themselves. And I make all my adjustments so that the adjustment is chins up, shoulders back and down, hips in a neutral position, but the ankle needs to be in a neutral position too. So what happens is the whole front side of the body tightens and shortens. And then the whole back side of the body posterior chain elongates right? And becomes taunt. It might not be tight, but taunt. And what I mean by taunt is your hamstrings are a little little bit longer than they should be in a neutral state. And I, I love this analogy, and this will hold true for everyone that's watching this. You're 30 years old. You've been sitting at a desk for 10 years, hypothetically, eight to 10 years. You go to a family reunion. You have your 18-year-old nephew who plays football. He plays three hours a day, six days a week, and he rides his bike on Sunday, whatever, okay? And you, ha- you kind of have a couple of drinks. You have a couple of beers in you, and you say, uh, we'll say Josh. My nephew, is, his name's Josh. Josh, I bet you I can beat you in a foot race. And he's like, okay, let's do it, you know? three hours a day, six days a week, you sit at a desk five days a week for eight hours a day, hypothetically, just follow me. Okay. But you still have a good amount of testosterone, right? You still got some lead in the pencil, right? So you still have some aggression, right? And he's, he's razzing you. He's teasing you. So you get on the line and you were a collegiate athlete you're like, I'm going to blow your doors out, right? So, so you're, you're head-to-head, right? He, you beat him off the line, but he's catching you, right? And you're like, you have this secret gear in your back pocket. It's like, 
pushing the clutch and dropping into third, right? And you tried to do that and you blow your hamstring. <laughs> it happens all the time. And the moral of the story is he might not ever be a better athlete than you. It's just mm. you stop training like a athlete mm. and you, or, you know, you stop training altogether or you start going to the gym and you're on the elliptical and you do back and buys on Monday, chest and tries on Tuesday, shoulder legs on, on Wednesday. It's this old school bodybuilding mentality, mm. you know? And so like I was telling a guy on Facebook uh, yesterday, stop training like you're in your twenties, man, you're 40. Stop it. So what happens is when I'm dealing with a young athlete, 16, what range of motion is this. This is weights, right? I'm trying to build a foundation, right? So I'm trying to build upon a structure that's not ruined yet. Very little warm up, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you know, weights, 45, 60 minutes. Yeah. Building a foundation. You know, big shoulders, big back, small waist, big butt, big legs. That's, that's the athlete. So we age and it does this. Here's weights, range of motion. 20s, 30, eh, I, you know, I would probably, it would be like this around 30, 40, 50. So the, literally, the older you're getting, the more range of motion it is and the less heavy lifting it is yes. working on focusing on fixing or, or maintaining the posture and almost rebuilding a, a new foundation, if you like, with that range of movement. I call it the resurrection of the youthful athlete. So I could probably do some of that myself, Rich. <laughs> we all, all of us, you know, and... Once you understand what I just said, it'll change your life, mm. but you'll also be able to get to that point that you'll be able to lift the way you were lifting. It's just, it, it takes a little bit more time to get back to that then. Yeah. But the problem with what I just said, it's not sexy. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not like sitting on the ground and doing a bunch of range of motion work it's boring. It's not, you don't get the pump like bicep day or whatever, you know, it, it's, it's not that type of buzz, but if you don't fix your posture and then you try to start to lift weights, you, it's not if you get hurt, but when, but if you do what I'm talking about and all this good strength coaches are shaking their head, like he knows what he's talking about because I know yeah. what I'm talking about because I've done it thousands and thousands of times that I can take a 40-year-old male that's banged up, give me 90 to 120 days, we kind of correct all these inefficient movement patterns that just life kicked you in the nuts, and then we lift weights, but we're very, very strategic because we don't want muscle mass. I always say up till 30, you try to put as much muscle mass on as possible, and then after 30 and beyond, you're trying to lose it all because it's unnecessary. So what would you say for someone like me? Because I was back in the gym early this year. Uh, sure. I stopped training during the lockdown because mm -hmm. I've become lazy. I'm still training for gaining weight again. And, sure. and I tend to do that going forward as well. Now mm -hmm. I need to lose about probably four or five kilos of mm -hmm. fat that I've got on over the yeah, last year. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Shit. Um, yeah. The reality is as soon as this is over and I'm allowed back in the gym, I will be yeah. training for sides sure. and 
strength again. Do you think that's a mistake for someone of my age to do that? Uh, Well, why would be my question. Why do you want to gain weight? Is it for your, for your own self image and the way that you see your body? Because at the end of the day, you don't give a shit about what anyone else thinks. It's It's the guy in the mirror. Challenge um, is something I tried on a number of occasions uh, throughout my own journey. uh, And I've, hit many walls during that of injury and different things going on and i've never really achieved mm-hmm. that body that size that physique that i always challenge myself sure. to uh, so i haven't won yet if that makes sense um and me being the stubborn person i am i still want that and actually yeah. i want it more now because i want to be able to say that i did it when i was I could 40. Do it. Yeah. yeah i could still do it when i was 40. Totally. You know, even- yeah absolutely and and like i said going back to that what I originally said is I totally have 100% respect for bodybuilders, you know, but a lot of the times that the, the dads that I talk to are mountain bikers or skiers or, or, um, you know, um, rec sport athletes, you know, but if, if that's a challenge that you want and, and that's something that you're striving to do, take, take what I'm talking about and intertwine it into your own programming. But if you look at bodybuilding and what you're talking about, the really good bodybuilders have wonderful range of motion, right? Mm. The symmetry is almost like, like an artist drew it on them. Because, you know, uh, Ronnie Coleman's a great example. Old school, I, I like old school Ronnie Coleman. The old school bodybuilders, Venice Beach, 1960s, 70s, they were all gymnasts. You know, like, you know, the two, two ladies on their shoulders and they're standing on one foot on a ball with both eyes closed, you know, like those types of athletes. And now that's, that's just a whole nother conversation. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about outside of work, Mm. you know, home life like, and how are you finding home life during the lockdown as well? Uh, I love it to be honest. I, you know, I, we go for bike rides, we go for walks, I get to help my kids with their education and, you know, to be one with nature and to understand that there's more to this world than us. There's more to the world than the internet, Mm. you know, like going out in the woods and listening to nature. As silly as it sounds, if you can build that into your kids, because, you know, I, I didn't become spiritual or whatever until I, <clears throat> excuse me, I was in my 20s, mm. meditation and things like that. Like my kids meditate with me. That's cool. Right? That's what I, I'm like, oh my God. You know, like I, my oldest, her name's Bo. And she's like, how do you meditate? I was like, in your head, count at 100. She's like, ooh, that's hard. I was like, exactly. Just focus on that. And it's teaching the kid to focus on one thing. Because good way of explaining it to a kid. Thank you. Keep it simple. Even for adults, like if if anyone on on this podcast doesn't meditate, count to 100 in your head. And every time that your brain goes somewhere else, bring it back and start counting again. So I, even though we're in this pandemic and, you know, whoever started it and whatever, I kind of think that this is esoteric a little bit is the world consciousness had to 
just take a couple steps back and now is the time for you to go inward and fix all the bullshit that you've been telling yourself and to realize that you are awesome, whoever I'm talking to. You know, that whatever you're doing, take the time and go inward and learn to love yourself. Mm. No matter what, what you look like, you know, because I think the physical is one thing. Because you'll you'll have like the super hot girl at the gym that has the perfect everything, but she doesn't see how perfect she is, her physique. She sees the fat 12-year-old that was made fun of, you know, but she's 35, 40. She doesn't see the perfect physique, the, the image of like, oh my gosh, she's a model. She sees that young girl. Mm-hmm. And if the one thing that I, you know, because yeah, sure, I'm a strength coach or whatever you want to call me is I have to spend so much time on self-image for that client just to realize it, that you need to love yourself. And then everything else, it just, it falls in a clockwork. You won't dread going to the gym if you love who you are. I recently posted something about how the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship with yourself. Mm, Exactly. Um, and I have spent a long time, uh, I, I did spend a very, very long time hating what I saw in the mirror, not not from a physical thing, from uh, from a very emotional place, from a very looking inward place and, and not liking mistakes that I've made and things that I've done wrong in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's taken me a long time to accept, uh, forgive, uh, and understand the person that's in front of me now. And I've still got many hang-ups in, in very totally. different ways. I'm starting to like the person that I see in front of me now. Um, I'm starting to understand who that person is um, and, and not always see, as you said, the mistakes, see the path. As, as somebody who works hard to inspire other people, who inspires you? I get inspired by a couple different people. I like trainers or strength coaches that look at what's happening and they throw everything of the norm out the window and they do things a little bit different. They look at things a little bit differently. My wife inspires me, you know, and I didn't say that because she's in the room, but she does. And you know what? People that are stick their heads out, right? And like yourself and are open and honest and say, I can help you look at all the bullshit that I went through in my life. And I get it. I know where you're at. You know, like those are the, I just, you know, digital warriors would be an example. You know, people that are sticking their heads out outside of the norm and saying, this isn't right. You were looking at it in the wrong perspective. There's got to be a better way. What is that way? So people like that. Great question. Thank you. No, that's cool, man. Thank you for the answer. One last question before you go. What is number one tip you've got for the dads out there who have been sitting at a desk for 10 years who want to get fit? Start stretching. If you're 35 and older, you you should probably stretch multiple times a day. When I say that, I'm not talking, you know, an hour long yoga flow. I'm talking about 
10 minutes. So like with some of my programming, my, my initial programming is you're working out three times a day. And we're like, Oh, I don't have that much time. You can't find 10, 15 minutes, but be very, very strategic with your movement that it's correcting the issue that, but, but I also want to elaborate on what I'm talking about is I'm not saying that you shouldn't work out until you do X, Y, and Z. I'm just saying, don't lift weights mm. until you fix your posture and you alleviate all these unnecessary aches and pains, right? Your knee hurts, you probably have a hip issue. Mm. If your hip hurts, you probably have an upper spine mm. uh, thoracic issue, right? Um, your shoulder hurts, look at your big toe. You know, it's, it's silly as it sounds, <laughs> it's all connected and it all needs to learn yeah, yeah. how to work together. Yeah. So, uh, man, Rich, thank you thank so you. much for coming on the show. Um, that our guests sure. know where to find you uh because obviously we do offer coaching programs both in yep. person and online where is the best place for our listeners to find you my facebook page my instagram i'm on linkedin and i also wanted to offer a 30 minute free phone consultation zoom anywhere in the world it doesn't matter and i'm just going to give you or the person my perspective of how i start my clients um, doesn't matter the injury. I have people that have broken their back twice. That's probably my worst. Uh, broken necks, shoulders, shattered. You know, I have a guy with one leg, you know, fibromyalgia, all kinds of autoimmune diseases that affect um, the neurology. And so, yeah. Wow. No, that'd be really mm-hmm. good. And I'll make sure that we put Absolutely. all of that information in the show. Fantastic. And obviously when we're promoting the show as well. Cool. Rich, thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you, Charles. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh,